Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am your host, Gary Howard. Welcome to the Monday Murder Edition. I used to do this a while back ago, called it Monday Murder Meal, where I did three inmates, but I think I'm going to do it with just one and give more in-depth you know, story behind them and what they did instead of doing a short three and giving too much information so I can't go back to do it because some of these individuals do have long interesting stories that I'll like to eventually cover but if I do a short one I don't know what's too much or not enough but so I decided just to do this I had one lined up that I was going to do but because of this individual is going to be executed this Tuesday on May 17th I thought what's a better way to start this back up with with doing one that's about to be executed soon in Georgia and by the way this is a trigger warning this does have this story does involve the murder rape and abuse of a young child so if this is something you might not want to listen to I un- totally understand you might want to wait until next week I'm going to try to put these out every Monday like I did before I already got the next one up and the next one I do believe if I remember right has no children getting harmed or nor animals so, but there's no animals being involved in this one either but I'm in home right now about to be on the road again I'm here with my cats watching me they're my audience but yeah so let's talk about who we're t- today's individual we're talking about Virgil there's no truck stops on this the truck stops is going to be for my full-length truck stop murder episodes but this is just going to be just the individual the storyline and what they ate usually it'll be last words but since this person is not executed yet there's no last words just he already scheduled his last meal we're talking about Virgil Delano Delano Presnell Jr. Condemned murder Virgil Delano Presnell Jr. is scheduled for execution by lethal injection at 7 p.m. on Tuesday May 17th at the Georgia Diagnostic and Classification Prison in Jackson Georgia Preston Jr. was sentenced to death in 1976 for the kidnapping and murder of an 8-year-old girl and the kidnapping and rape of a 10-year-old girl. Now, I'm don't, I did have her name, but I'm not going to put it out, the, um, the 10-year-old girl, because it's irrelevant to why, and plus she's still alive and about, and I don't want anybody looking her up or anything like that. Just let, she's been through it. Once you hear the story, you realize she's been through enough already, so... No reason to any more proper, you know, publicity to her. So there have been 70, so it does talk about Georgia's death row. There has been 75 men and one woman executed in Georgia since the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated the death penalty in 1976. If executed, Preston Jr. will be the 54th inmate put to death by lethal injection. There are presently 37 men and one woman under death sentenced in Georgia. I already said that. You know, still there. No, I didn't. <laughs> there's right now. There's 37 men on death row and one woman waiting to be executed. And if you want to, you know, like I said, it's going to be this Tuesday unless something happens, his appeals or the governor, whatever may happen, why he got a stay of execution or delay of it. If you do live in the Georgia area and you want to go put up some signs, fuck you, dickhead, or whatever. You know, the Georgia Diagnostic Classification Prison is located 45 miles south of Atlanta. Off Interstate 75 from Atlanta, take the exit 201, turn left over the bridge and approximately a quarter mile. 
the entrance to the prison is on the left. Media cover and execution will be allowed in the prison. Media staging area beginning at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. So you will see the, um, the buildup of people come, you know, they'll be there. And once you hear what this individual did, you'll understand why there's going to be a lot of people making sure this guy's dead. So first, on April, 23rd, on April 23rd, 1976, Preston attempted to abduct a 10-year-old girl in Clayton County as she was walking home from school on a wooded trail. Although he grabbed her and threatened her with a knife, the girl managed to break free and, and escape. So with that, he got scared, and I guess he figured that he, you know, the girl recognized, well, turn him into the police and give him a description of him. So he fled up north. This happened south of Atlanta. So he fled north of Atlanta to Cobb County. So on May 3rd, 1976, Presnell staked out an elementary school in Cobb County and observed a 10-year-old girl walking home on a wooded trail. So he assumed that she would be doing the same thing. It was just a shortcut home from the school to her house. Probably cut off a lot of time. He then returned the following day and waited on the trail in his car. He had a rug and a jar of lubricant. When the 10-year-old girl was walking down the trail, with this time, she was with her eight-year-old friend, Lori Ann Smith. Preston abducted both girls. He taped their mouths shut and threatened to kill them if they did not cooperate. He also said he had a gun. They got the Preston's blue Plymouth Duster. While Preston was driving, he forced the older girl to orderly sodomize her, him, himself, while he and did something with his fingers. I'm not going to say that. But just say he was sexually assaulting her. Let's go with that. So, so they drove to a secluded area where Presnell walked the children into the woods. He carried the rug and jar lubricant. He made both girls undress where he raped the older girl on the rug, injuring her because of what he did, of course, because she's a 10-year-old girl. And Presnell then said that he was going to take Lorianne back to the car where the older girl should wait for him. Of course, she was petrified and scared. Didn't know where she was at. So there, she, of course, she she waited right there. But on the way back to the car, Lori tried to escape and run away. But Preston caught her and forced her face underneath, you know, in a, under the water in a creek, drowning her. Later, when her body was found, the medical examiner Lee would testify that there was water, sand, and plant matter in her lungs, stomach, and that would have been taken several. It would have taken several minutes for her to die. She had bruises on her neck, bruises on the back of her, on her back where Preston apparently placed his knee there. He returned, you know, he said basically later on he would admit that he just, he just put her underneath the water as far as he can until she stopped struggling. So he left her there. He returned to the older girl and began, forced her to, he sexually assaulted her, basically. And the same thing that he made her do in the car. I'm not going to keep saying that. I'm going to use sexually assault then he locked her in the car trunk and began driving. But a tire went flat, so he dropped her off at another wooded area after forcing the sexually assault her again. Although Presno told her he would return, the older girl heard the sound of a nearby gas station and walked there where she called the police where they called the police. She later gave a police description of Presno and his blue duster and stated that his tire was flat. Shortly therefore, after the police spotted Presno changed the tire in a blue duster at his apartment complex where he lived with his mom, not far away from where he dropped off the older girl. Preston initially denied everything, but later admitted that he knew the location of the missing girl. 
It led the police to Lorraine's body. A search of Preston's bedroom uncovered a handgun and child pornography depicting young girls. He was charged with five offenses, murder of Lorianne Smith, kidnapping of Lorianne Smith, rape of Jane Doe, aggravated stomony of Jane Doe, and the kidnapping of Jane Doe with bodily injury. The aggravated, you know, in court, the aggravated sodomy charges was not submitted to the jury as the aggravated sodomy of Jane Doe was not alleged to have supplied the bodily injury element of her kidnapping, so there was no, the sodomy did not make any injuries on her. There's no visible signs of trauma. But attorneys of Presno first said in court found that Presno, when the court started, that he was born to a teenage mother who drank and smoked heavily throughout her pregnancy, suffering from fetal alcohol syndrome that damaged his brain and kept him from, this is what they stated, from ever developing into a functioning responsible adult. His lawyer would agree, you know, argue. Of course, with, you know, all the evidence gives him that, I test, you know, testimony from the 10-year-old girl. He was found guilty by a jury of three capital, on three capital offenses, kidnap, of offense rape, kidnapping with bodily injury, and murder with malice afterthought. Under Georgia law, a jury may impose the death penalty if it finds that the offender committed a felony under at least one of the 12 aggravated circumstances. There's, I would go over the list, but I think I might. But at the penalty phase, let's t talk about, so under the 12 offenses that a person can be found, get, you know, if these things are connected to murder while murder happens, let's start with one is the offense of murder, rape, armed robbery, or kidnapping was committed by a person with prior record of conviction for a capital murder, capital felony, two, the offense of murder, rape, armed robbery, and kidnapping was committed while the offender was engaged in the commission of another capital felony or aggravated battery, or the offense of murder was committed while the offender was engaged in the commission of burglary in any degree of, or arson in the first degree. Three, the offender, by his act of murder, armed robbery, or kidnapping, knowingly created a great risk of death to more than one person in a public place by means of a weapon or device which would normally be hazardous to the lives of more than one person. Four, the offender committed the offense of murder for himself or another for the purpose of receiving money or any other thing of material gain of value. The five, the, the murder of the, a judicial officer, former judicial officer, district attorney, a solicitor, S-O-L-I-C-I-T-O-R, general, former district attorney, solicitor or solicitor general was committed during or because of the existence of his, well, any kind of government official. The offender caused, or number six, the offender caused or directed another to commit murder or commit murder as an agent or employee of another person. Seven, the offense of murder, rape, arm, robbery, or kidnapping was outrageously or wantonly vile, horrible, or humane in that involved torture, depravity of mind, or an aggravated battery to the victim. This is what he was going to be, was going to be the one that got him. Eight, the offense of murder was committed against any peace officer, correction employee, or firefighter while engaged in the performance of his official duties. Nine, the offense of murder was committed by a person in or who 
has escaped from the lawful custody of a police officer or place a lawful commitment. 10. The murder was committed for the purpose of avoiding, interfering with, or preventing lawful arrest or custody in place of lawful confinement or himself or another. 11. The offense of murder, rape, and kidnapping was committed by a person previously convicted of rape, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, or aggravated sexual battery. And the last one, the murder was committed during the act of domestic treason. So, yeah, they could get you if a murder happens in, along with any of them f offenses, they will murder you. They will not murder you. <laughs> That's means for capital, well, they call it in Texas capital murder. So, so if you're the defendant committed murder under any of these circumstances, it would be an aggravated circumstance and the death penalty can be as given for this person. So at the penalty phase of the trial, the, the jury was instructed that it would impose a death penalty. So they're going after it. Like I say, he's already found guilty of it all. One, the rape, if the offense was committed while penitentiary, while he was engaged in the commission of a murder. Two, for kidnapping with bodily injury, if that offense was committed while he was engaged in the commission of rape. Or three, the murder, if the offense was committed while he was engaged in the commission of kidnapping with bodily harm aggravated sodomy jury would the jury found that all three offenses have committed during the commission of specific specified additional offenses and imposed three death sentences on them so off the death row you go but of course the appeals happen and the first thing they try to complain about that the court erred in was the court could not prove rape which just really blew my mind it was a 10 year old but they couldn't figure out if it was forcible or statutory rape and I know I'm butchering that word, statutory rape. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the court below actually identified two problems with the rape conviction, a state law double jeopardy violation as well as the ability of the jury to verdict discussed in the text. The only evidence of bodily injury to support the crime of kidnapping with bodily injury of the older child, the 10-year-old, is the bodily injury with the results from one of the rape of the, the, that child. Thus, the conviction of both kidnapping with bodily injury and forcible rape cannot be upheld. So they're trying to say they're charging him twice for the same offense. The court apparently believes that both convictions could not be upheld because of the failure of the jury to distinguish in both instances between forcible and statutory rape. Counsel forum for personnel was moved for acquittal on the kidnapping count arguing that aggravated assembly did not constitute bodily injury for purpose of the kidnapping offense. The trial court was specific in the grounds for rejecting this motion. And the judge said, this is what his response, he said it was Nazis. He said, I will give you precise rulings so that you will have the advantage of your motion. I will hold specifically the act of aggravated sodomy committed upon her person such as harm that aggravated that kidnapping and made it a higher crime. I hold that is not required. The law does not, you know, the law does not require a physical bruising, injury, or battery, but that the act of sodomy itself is a valid, gross, as anything can be on the act of a harm against a 10-year-old child. I don't have any problem with that. So he is leaving there, and nowhere in the opinion does the Georgia court state that this view of the lawsuit is incorrect.
and let me repeat that again. I have to re read that again because he pretty much told them to go fuck themselves. Because what they're stating is nonsense. He said, I will give you a precise ruling so that you will have the advantage of your motion. I will hold specifically that the act of aggravated sodomy committed upon her person was such harm that aggravating the kidnapping and made it a higher crime. I hold that it does not require the the law does not require a physical bruising, injury, or battery, but that the act of sodomy itself is a vile and as gross as anything can be as an act of harm against a 10-year-old child. And I don't have any problem with this. It's for you to go back to death row and fuck off. I added that little last part. But, yep, and told them. But, yeah, nowhere in Georgia State says that he did anything wrong. By saying that in addition of course everybody says this when they about the you know death row that violates the 8th and 14th amendment so the potential resentence to death for proceedings to follow remain court excluding certain juries that agreed and disagreed with death sentences remember remember only one of the 12 needed to be found and the one they did find was offensive murder, rape, and robbery, or kidnapping was outrageously and wantonly vile, horrible, or inhuman in that involved torture, depravity of mind, or an aggravated battery of the victim. Now, I forgot to mention this earlier, but all this happened because he was already sent to death in 76, but in 99, this is when all these appeals, these things struck out. And so in 99, that's when he got his, you know, retrial, so everything I'm about to say from the re this is all from the retrial in '99. So represent so this is the seventh you know the kidnapping and that's what he got. The aggravating circumstance was the seventh one I told you. Lawyers representing the federal defense program, with repre which represents personnel, filed a lawsuit with emergency motion in Fulton County Superior Court. They said the setting of his execution date violates a written agreement. So now they're trying to prolong it you know the execution agreement reached last april with the office of state attorneys general chris carr with which temporarily puts executions on hold during the coronavirus pandemic and established conditions under which they could resume this lawsuit says the agreement said that the lawsuit says the agreement said that executions will resume until six months after three conditions were met the, ex the expiration of the state COVID-19 judicial emergency, the the resumption of normal the resumption, uh, resumption, resumption. I can't talk today. Of normal visitation at state prisons and availability of the COVID vaccine to all members of the public. The judicial emergency ended in June, but the prisoners are still using a modified visitation policy, and children five still can't access the vaccine. What the, you know, the, of course, the spokesman for CAR declined to talk about this. So one example is they're talking about the agreement stated that the conditions were met. The state intended to seek execution for this person, Billy Rollersonen, R-A-U-L-E-R-S-O-M, who was sentenced to death for the May 1993 killings of three people in South Georgia and that his lawyers would be given at least three months notice after the conditions were met. The lawsuit says that the 
lawsuit says the Attorney General's office said it wouldn't seek the execution of anyone else on death row until at least six months after the conditions were met, the suit says. In April, the Attorney General's office informed his attorney that the state intended to schedule Rollerson's Rollerson's execution for May 17th. The lawsuit says after Rollerson's attorney reminded a a state attorney that he had agreed not to schedule execution during his, listen, his previously scheduled vacation. So I'm on vacation. I can't deal with this right now. So the state attorney, this is told Rollerson's execution would not be scheduled until August at the earliest. A few days later, on April 25th, the state attorney notified Preston's lawyer that the state intended to seek an execution warrant for him. The lawsuit says the warrant was issued on April 27th. Contrary to the agreement, the attorney general gave Preston's attorney just two days of notice that they intended to set his execution date. So they, they did not like this guy. Any, I don't think anybody liked this ass, though, which is good. Cautious Lurie stated that these actions constitute a clear breach of the agreement and will lead to imperil harm if not enjoined, you know, in, by the court. I want. I feel like as being in Georgia, I could see this big fat, like George, you know, with the southern accent. These conditions constitute a clear breach of argument, agreement, and will be led to imperil harm if not enjoined by the court. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if the court doesn't delay the execution, lawsuit says Preston's lawyer won't have the time to time they were promised to prepare his clemency hearing which is scheduled for monday and so let's see how it's going for him anyhow so after again notice the preston's execution date his lawyers learned that his expert witness they plan to use for the clemency hearing was recently had emergency surgery for a cardiac illness other witnesses they planned to call for also had conflicts so they could not participate anyhow so the lawsuit asks that the state be prohibited for seeking an execution warrant for personal, you know, prolong it. And so it gives his defense a little time to build up a defense. Of course, all his people gave up on him. Not gave up on him. They had conflicts and one got sick. And other people on death row who are subject to the agreement until six months after the conditions was met of the COVID-19. His lawyer states, should this court fail to intervene on an emergency basis to enjoin the state and attorney general from prematurely carrying out executions in violation of the agreement, the federal defender and his clients will suffer the most grave of irreparable harm. The mercy motion filed by his lawsuit, which will execution will continue all that's nonsense. So, but yeah, he is going to get executed the 17th this Tuesday. So a few side notes about this. He was charged with, you know, prior to, you know, earlier that year, month, he was charged with aggravating kidnapping of a 10-year-old girl in Klingenberg with that, where he was charged with that. Presno was also the one girl we started off with. Yeah, he was charged with it, but I don't think they was really going to go after that since he already got the death penalty in Cobb County. Presno also was another arrest, was arrested in Florida earlier that year and charged with sexual battery, the equivalent of rape under Florida law on a juvenile girl in Ocola. The police said Preston was arrested and was allowed to plead guilty to contributing to the delinquency of a minor. I don't see how that's the same. A misdemeanor offense on February 2nd in the circuit court of Ocola. 
according to a spokesman from the state's attorney's office in Marion County. He was released after pleading guilty and because he has spent eight days in jail. So eight days in j 18 days in jail for the, the misdemeanor sexual offense of a minor, but that was dropped down to distributing delinquency of a minor. So like my last case, my last episode, if he would have been stopped right here, you know, we would have, you know, Lorianne would still be alive. So, personal junior, I'll request. So here you go. Here's where this asks. So, last request for meal was. It's already in, ready to go. Cook is, chef is making it, getting prepared for Tuesday. Personal request was last meal was four hamburgers, four french fries, four orders of fries, two vanilla milkshakes, four sodas, eight piece bucket of chicken, potato salad, and two pints of vanilla ice cream. Sorry, there you have it. Hopefully Tuesday everything goes well and they do give him, he's going to be death by lethal ejection. And if you do want to visit Lori Ann Smith, she is buried. She, of course, her birthday is September 26, 1967 was when she was born. And she was taken from us May 4th, 1976 to 89. She was about to be nine. She is Lyle Cemetery in Lithfield, Kentucky. Her memorial ID is 204 Five seven one 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 six. So she is the daughter of Joyce and W. Scott Smith. And so there you go. Hopefully they execute this asshole come Tuesday. And I'm almost like I said, I'm gonna start trying to do these things every Monday now. Try to go back to my murder Monday instead of like I said three instead of three inmates. I'm just gonna do one and try to give a detail. I already got my next one. Like I said, I had another one planned to do this Monday, but because this happened. I saw that he was about to get executed in Georgia. I thought I'd do this. But as always, you please rate, review, share, you know, with other people. You never know who might like some true crime podcasts. Join my Facebook group, Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. Twitter at Truck Murder. And Instagram as the same, Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. And if you want to email me, truckstopmurder at gmail.com. And there you go. And my next episode will be the regular episode of Truck Stop Murder. Until then, as I always say, you can't fix stupid, but you can sure numb it with a 2x4. I'm out of here. <laughs>